what is up everybody welcome back to the stand up to sitting podcast i am your host and chief energy officer jeremy abramson and ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i am so pumped for today's interview with jason fagorski jason also known as figs is a miami-based health and fitness expert and former division one college athlete he has over 15 years experience in the fitness space and is on a mission to impact the world through health and wellness jason What's good, man? What's Welcome good, dude? Welcome to the Thanks show, for me, bro. Hell yeah, dude! Super stoked, man. Super stoked. I know it's been a while going back and forth trying to get here, so I'm glad we made yeah, it man. happen, bro. Yeah, for dude, sure, dude, dude. Can we talk about this mission real quick? Good. A mission to impact not 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 Miami, not the United States, but the world through Holy health man. and wellness. Tell me more about that, yeah, bro. I, I think um, you know, I think we're in a state, and me personally, I'm in a state where um, we have the ability to impact so many people through whether it's social media or, you know, face to face. And, um, my goal has just been, I mean, recently saying, Hey, how do I get my face out there? How do I get my knowledge out there? How do I get what I know in front of as many people as possible? And, um, it's something I've seen through social media. And obviously the beginning, it was more domestically. And then it became so globally when I saw how big of a reach I could have. And, um, man, it's just, I love everything about it, right? That the feedback and the the response that you get from people is just awesome, man. Dude, so it's the best. Know, super and stoked. It's crazy because I pretty sure I started following you maybe like six months ago, yeah. and you you had like twenty thousand followers, and then fast forward, you're pushing a hundred k. Dude, are we gonna are we gonna have a celebration <laughs> when it, when it hits a hundred? Dude, that's you know. <laughs> A ton of people have asked me, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to post? I'm like, bro, it's it's not even about the number to me. I'm just, I look at it as like, hey, I'm I'm impacting more and more people, and I could care less about numbers, right? To me, yeah. the response is the the DM, they, you know, hey, thank you so much. Hey, you helped me. Hey, you changed your life, changed my life. And that's what, you know, that's what I love about it. So number's awesome. I think it's a scale of, you know, how many people you're impacting. But, you know, it's more the response that I love and drives me to, to do it every day, man. But... Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I feel the same way. It's crazy because just like before this, and I and I just like check my check my messages real quick. It's the best feeling when when you see someone they tag you and they're like doing one of your movements. Oh, for sure. It's so cool because like this guy who tagged me earlier, like an hour ago, is from Paris, and that really keeps me going and inspires me. Like yeah. on those days where. I might not be as motivated or inspired to go out there and post a video or move move or work out myself, knowing that there's people out there that, oh, sure. I don't want to say they're depending on us, but they count on us to put out good, useful, educational yeah. content. Yeah. And Dude, it's, I'm telling you right now how many times I've probably woken up and been like, man, I don't want to train. I don't feel like doing shit. And then you look and you're like, these guys are doing it. They're depending on you. They want you to go out. And I'm like, that's driven me so many times to go in and, and train harder, work harder, whatever it is in my daily life, just because of, you know, everybody and, and their response and what they're looking forward to. So I think it's cool, man. And, and I know for a lot of people, you don't see that response. And some people may say, hey, you're just trying to drive a business out of it. But business comes from, you know, how you're able to impact others, right? And that's what I love and what I see is like, 
man, it's just on a global scale is how many people are you impacting? How many lives are you changing? It's like one day you have someone in India who's, you know, posting, posting one of your workouts. You have someone in the United States, Canada, South Africa. And I'm like, man, it's, it's crazy the reach yeah. you have. And it's like, yeah, like that. So, and I think it's a conversation I have with a lot of people in our space, whether it's trainers, coaches, whoever it may be. And a lot of them seem to struggle with this aspect whether it's they're not sure what type of content to post. They yeah. think it's a burden. And the message I'm trying to send those people is like, by not posting stuff, you are being selfish. Yeah, you're not Bec- helping anybody. Because, right? you, because you have a gift. You have, you have all of these talents, yet you're keeping them to yourself. And I understand, listen, I, I value human connection, number one, above all other things. But you have to embrace. We're in 2019, and rather than make excuses rather than talk shit about social, like use it for the powerful platform that it is. Oh, for sure. And we have the ability, like you said, bro. I mean, I was traveling last month and had the ability to connect with people in Madrid and London and Barcelona. And you and I had this conversation because you just came out with that, you know, super dope ebook. And I know a lot of people hit you up for different things. And you're like, dude, but all my, 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 my targets, not all in, like they're not yeah. all in Miami, my audience. I'm like, bro, that's beautiful. Yeah. Cause you have, it's widespread. Yeah, so sure. you build a connection with these people all over the world. Yeah. I would love to see you leverage that. Yeah. And you know, you know, the cool thing and kind of even rewinding back in social media is that so many people only see your highlight reel and, and that's the real, right? Even if you go to my page now, it's like, man, this guy, look at that workout. Look at that workout. Look what he's doing. Like, I didn't delete all my old shit. So you scroll back and look at where I started and where I'm at now, like you'll see the growth. And that's what, you know, I think the beauty of, you know, being real is, especially through social media and why people love, love to follow you is because they watch you go from, like you're saying, you're 20,000 to where you're at now. And, you know, part of that goes with the personality that you have and how you're working with people and how you're impacting people, but also people watch you grow too. And that helps drive them to want to grow as well. And that's, that's what I think I, I see. And what I know people love is just that, you know, he was never perfect. I'll never be perfect. Right. But he's gotten to here and I can do it too. You know, and that's, I think that's a beautiful part. So leading by example, yeah. Question for you in terms of, you know, content that you post, have you thought about wanting to kind of get, not get away from movement, still post all your movement type stuff with kettlebells and body weight, but maybe also integrate other type things, whether it's mindset, whether it's mental health or other type things in your content. Have you thought about that? I have. Um, I, I think that's the direction I'm going to start going, to be honest with you. I mean, tell the world, but um, you'll start seeing more of me um, from my postings. I don't want to just be known as the, the kettlebell guy and, <laughs> you know, that functional training explosive guy. But um, I want people to know actually who I am and, um, you know, how I came to be. Right. And what's helped me along the way and what do I do on a day-to-day, you know, lifestyle kind of basis. And, um, so goal wise, yeah, I am going to start transitioning and and going that route too. So it's cool. I think, I think that's what, and you've done a great job of it already, but that's again, what builds those connections. Because like you said, everyone is just posting, posting their shit. That's why I've recently tried to start talking about more relatable things like, anxiety and depression and stuff that I know people are struggling with. Yeah, they relate to. Exactly. They relate to. And again, like 85% of the time, 
super high energy, happy dude. But there's those dark moments yeah. where it's, you know, you're filled with doubt. You're second guessing yourself, at least for myself. So I always try and share that and, and try to have a healthy balance. Yeah. Um, well, you said that you're going to start sharing more of yourself. <laughs> so this is a great platform to get yeah. started with that. Take me through this up and down journey roller coaster of Jason Fagorski, how you how you ended up in Miami, how you got into the training modalities that that yeah. you're so known for now. So uh, I was born and raised Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. No, go Steelers, number one. Um, but I actually played college football in New York. So um, I'm a Western PA guy, went out to New York, uh, played for Stony Brook University. It was a tight end. I was like 265 pounds, man. I was freaking ox. I'm like, bro, I saw I'm some of those now, picks. Bro. It's, it's scary. I Googled. Right? <laughs> yeah. Guys, Google. we'll put some of the pictures yeah. of Jason's college football yeah. days in the show notes. Talk about vulnerability, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I went and played ball. Um, second year in, first practice, first play, took a step, boom, popped my knee out. Blew up my knee, had full ACL reconstructive surgery, tore my ACL, my MCL, my PCL. Like, I was out the whole year, right? Sucks. Um, that was probably one of the hardest times for me, just watching your friends play. And then I came back, and I was having problems running and sprinting. And, um, you know, I went and got MRIs, and I had – I was 18 years old. I had three herniated discs in my lower back. I had, like, three discs with disc degenerate disease. And then the response was to me was – Hey, if you want to keep playing ball, that's great. We can just start shooting you up with cortisone shots so you can play. And I'm like, you know, it's, do I continue to go or do I just walk away from the game? And that was probably one of the hardest decisions for me was, just, hey, I, I'm not going to do it anymore, right? So At 18, um, you decided that. At it, well, yeah, it was probably – by then it was 19, yeah, right around then. It was like, do I keep playing ball or do I not? And, um, yeah, I walked away. And uh, after that, I'd be honest, right, it's like you go through some shit, depression type of – I mean, I lost 53 pounds in 23 days. My friends were playing ball. All I wanted to do was party and go out with my friends and, or, you know, go set up parties and this and that. And I think it was just like a release for me to say, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. Let me try to find out where I'm at. And, you know, it really messed me up. But on the other end, it probably brought me to the best opportunity I possibly could have been presented with, right? And I started working in a gym down the street. I just needed money. Put myself in a shit ton of credit card debt because I was a stupid college student, you know swiping, buying tennis shoes, partying, whatever it is. Right. And, uh, you know, I started in the fitness industry then, and, you know, 15 years later, I'm still in the fitness industry. And, um, you know, I went from manager owner, um, and now I'm franchise franchising different locations. So uh, I left New York at that point, you know, my dream was always, um, I always wanted to live at the beach, man. I always wanted to live at the beach in Miami, Fort Lauderdale area was always in the back of my mind. So it was just, just then I was like, man, whenever I get my chance to go, I'm going to get my chance to go and I'm going to do it. So, um, jump ship came down here and you know, it's been the best decision I ever made. So hell yeah, bro. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Um, so I'm just trying to take myself to a 19 year old you, <laughs> right? You just find out the sport that you've been playing your whole life yeah. is no longer going to be in your life. And you have to face that reality. But of course, naturally, you're probably going to look for things to mask that, right? And like sure. fill that void, fill that adrenaline rush, fill, fill that feeling of brotherhood and community. Would you say partying was that thing that oh, you kind of sure. went to? For sure. I mean, 
Um, the worst part is I lived with everybody who still played ball. Uh, mm. So I had to watch them go and practice and so on and so forth. So um, that was my initial release was like, I get in the gym, let me lose, I'm losing all this weight. I want to change the way I am. I'm going to go, you know, I was throwing parties for the team. I was that guy, right? And I was always, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, every, like, during college. And then got to the point one day, and I remember and I started I started working in the fitness industry. And I'm like, dude, I got to cut the shit. I got to figure myself out. And um, I, I did a complete 180 and went from that guy who was doing all that stuff to the guy that you couldn't get to show up in the bar because he wanted to work 12 or 14 hours a day um, to get his, get his shit back together. So, wow. yeah, it's crazy. And when, when did that shift happen? Was that like junior, senior year? Uh, it was, yeah, it would have been like senior year. Okay. It been my senior year. Probably when everybody else is partying cause they're trying to get out of college, you know, yeah. I was it's, like that guy that probably didn't enjoy his senior year as much because he was too focused on trying to get his life together. So it's such an interesting yeah, trajectory. What would you say to someone listening right now who, is in that rat race, you know, Friday, Saturday, maybe they, they really don't enjoy their Monday through Friday and Friday, Saturday, that's what they're doing. They're escaping their reality. They're going out, they're drinking, maybe they're doing drugs. Maybe they're not hanging out with the best people. What would you say are a couple things they can do to maybe shift their mindset and get out of that hole? Stop doing things that you don't want to do. Right. And um, or stop working where you don't want to work, right? It's it's about it's your life, right? You live your dream, you figure out what you want to do, and you go after it. And that's a, um, I think I found my passion in fitness right then and there. I mean, I've always been in fitness, but I found my passion in the fitness business, and that passion pulled me out of going down the wrong mm-hmm. the wrong road. So for anyone who's doing that, and you know, most of the time, say, hey, I don't love what I'm doing, so I'm looking forward to the weekend. I'm looking forward to those days. Um, find your passion, find something that you're driven, you know, and once you find it, lock onto it and it, it'll take off for you. So hell yeah. yeah man. I think, I think it's also so hard going back to social media. It's like we're constantly exposed to people's highlight reel, right? Yeah. So going through that process and going through that journey and digging yourself out of that hole can be so challenging when you're constantly being exposed to all these people who appear to be happy and successful. So my advice would be, again, like Jason said, really go in on your passions. And if you, if you, if you don't know what you're passionate about, just think about how you spent your days when you were younger, what things brought you joy yep. and lean into those things yep. and hang out at places where you're likely to meet and associate with better people who are going to influence you in a more yeah. positive and I'll way. Even, I'll even say something on the influencing part is that I was, I live by this too. It was just, you know, the five people you spend your most time with are the people who are going to impact your life the most. So right. if you're in a time where you're spending your time with people who are not getting you better, right? Either making more money, getting you better, or, you know, introducing you to something new, then you're probably wasting your time. So you got to figure out who your circle is too. And um, that helped me grow tremendously over time was just picking the people in my circle, finding the right people, right? To latch onto and learn. And um, yeah. So, Who is there someone that stands out that has been an influential role model or inspiration for you as you've continued your growth? I would, uh, I mean, I'll probably cliche is go back to my, it's always my parents, man. Yeah. Um, I was, I've never been someone who's looked up to, 
um, a celebrity or whatever is an idol. I don't get starstruck. I think everybody's great at something. Um, and whatever they're great for is what they're known for. Um, but I mean, my parents, I'd give them, my dad worked, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. Mother, my dad was in the car on Friday night driving me to football camp in Michigan, 10 hours away, so that his watch his son perform. He was coaching every one of my teams. My parents were at every one of my games. They used to drive from New York to Pennsylvania every week, you know, um, supporting me. And even back to shit, when you play, you take advantage of that and you don't understand how great. Um, you know, that is to have someone support you and be there for you. And I mean, even to this day, it's like, you know, parents, if I need something, I pick up the phone, have a conversation and they're there for me, whether it's, um, you know, just emotionally or, um, advice, you know, why older, the older you are, the wiser you get. And, you know, they'll always have better advice for me than probably what I have too. So it's been awesome, man. Hell yeah, man. Uh, are your parents still together? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Dude. Still trying to get them to go to Florida though. Have they visited you? Yeah, they come down. They're they're the ones that are, you know, they come down here, they gotta spend the whole week at the beach, you know. They yeah. don't get the beach up in Pennsylvania, you get a lake or you get a river, you know. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, it's crazy because my parents are still together too. I think it's forty one years oh, wow. now. And yeah, I talk about it all the time, the influence and impact that they've had on me. Um it, it it makes it it it's I feel like we're spoiled, right? Because yeah. and especially in today's day and age where over fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, to have that type of stability that we had growing sure. up is a huge advantage that I acknowledge. Like yeah. you know, we we didn't do you anything. Take it for to advantage. Do. You take it take advantage of it too. I mean, just mentally you're like, Oh, this is the way life is supposed to be. My parents are supposed to be like that and that doesn't happen in a lot of households. So yeah. You know, I'm always very thankful of that and them and, um, yeah, every, all the support they've, they've given. So, yeah. And I, I, I would say to anyone who's listening, who love your parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think so many people have tarnished relationships with their parents, whether it's resentment or anger, frustration, and maybe it's well-deserved, but my, my words of encouragement would be to keep in mind that they did the best they could and they probably weren't equipped with the full tools. Yeah. There's no manual on how to be a parent. That's the thing. That's the thing as kids, like we put our parents on a pedestal, like, Oh, everything they do is right. Everything they say is right. And then when you, when we start to get older, it's like, yo, they had no, no idea, idea what they were doing. <laughs> right. So, so maybe try and open up that means of communication with them, operate with some compassion. And then if you don't have a figure like that in your life right now, um, there's so many groups out there. So yeah. find people who are doing things that you aspire to do, who have the things that you want to have and pick their brain and see if there's any value you can offer them and really build a relationship. Yeah. You know, it's so important. Man. Absolutely. And like, just, I've realized it just with these guys who are, who are producing this show and like all of the work they do behind the scenes. Yeah. And it just, it just makes me realize like, you can't do anything great by yourself. Oh, you need great people around you. You can only go so far, yep, man. I agree. Um, I'm curious to know, this is just like a little side note because it's a hot button topic <laughs> in sports. And since you had some experience as a college athlete, yeah. what are your thoughts about paying college athletes? About paying college athletes? I think you got to do it for the love of the game. Um, I mean, me, I would never expect to take a dollar. Um, you know, when you get to the level in the NFL, I feel like that's your your pay payout. But I don't think it teaches the right 
um, you know, the right things to kids at 18. You don't know where you're at when you're 18 years old. Um, I mean, you still don't know where you're at when you're 30, but especially when you're 18, it's like, you know, being handed something for playing a sport or whatever it is, the game you love your whole life. I think it changes your perspective on the game um, and the way that and why people play the game, right? You pay, mm-hmm. play the game because you love the game. And um, I even say this of like, why I love watching, I love watching hockey too. I'm a big Penguins fan, but um, you'll never hear those dudes complaining about contracts or money or whatever it is, right? They just go out there and beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. But they do it because they love the game itself, right? Um, and they love everything about it. And that's what I, why I love hockey, right? It's that these guys are, these guys are doing it because they're passionate about it. And it's not about, hey, I didn't get $50 million, right? You know, some of the Steelers crap that's been going on. It's like, um, you know, mm. the Le'Veon Bell and Tony O'Brien, all these guys, it's like, dude, just play ball, man. You're yeah. lucky enough and you're, you know, you're so lucky that you can go out there and play the game that everybody loves. And I wish I could play on that field, right? Yeah. For, I'll play for nothing, you know? <laughs> it's just, yeah. um, just have the opportunity and people take it, people take advantage of it. So I see, I see, I lean towards your direction. I definitely see, where people say, especially when you have a high-level college football or basketball yeah. program that's bringing in so much revenue for the school, and you might have one or two players who are like the face of the team, and they're driving, you know, merchandise sales, ticket yeah. sales, all these things. But give them more opportunity before right. you give them give them opportunity to be seen more than hey, you're bringing dollars to us, so we're going to pay you. It doesn't teach kids the right thing. It's hey. Give them, right, support them, do whatever they need. You need to keep that guy in there, get him educated, right, and help him get to the next level rather than, you know, let's pay you so you can go buy a, a nice car and a nice watch and go blow all your money at a, a bar. You exactly, know? exactly. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. And also, there's so many student athletes. Like, are you, how oh. are you going to compensate a girl on – the lacrosse team as opposed to the starting quarterback. No, you know no, what I mean? It's well, you become biased. There's and it's n- just not. Yeah. It's such a complex issue, but I love what you said actually, because especially with social media and with all of these marketing opportunities, if you're a big time player and you have a big time following, like you should be able to work with a brand and, and get some sponsorships. Sure. Like why not? For like sure. call like college should not have control over that aspect of yeah. a human being. Yeah, as long um, as you're you're playing the game and you're you're getting the grades that you need to to play ball, you know, that's do whatever, right? That's what they should support you. So, yeah, man, it's it's one of those things. Like, I I love talking about this stuff, especially as a huge sports fan. Yeah, and to have like a former athlete, like my buddy who actually produces this show, Brandon, he played college ball at Syracuse, nice. and we have this conversation um, somewhat frequently. Um, I'm wondering too because I think it's so, like the the life. Trajectory, excuse me, of an athlete, especially one who does go professional, is like so unique because a lot of times their careers ending in their late 20s and early 30s. And that's when the rest of us are actually like getting shit started. So I'm wondering for you, having things come to an end with football at 19, right? Like, what did that whole lesson, what, 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 that whole experience, like, what was the biggest lesson? that you took away from that and how have you kind of applied it to your day to day now? Um, I'm just dealing with adversity, right? it's that, um, at the end of the day, whatever you're passionate about or you put your head down and you do it, right. It's going to, you're going to be able to come out of anything. So, um, you have a choice and there's always, 
forks in the road and there's always roadblocks. Things are going to happen, right? Life's not perfect. And, um, you know, hey, everyone's one injury away or one step away from changing their life in general. So I think it's how you come out of that fork in the road or that decision that you make and what you're able to come out, you know, what you're able to come out of that decision too that makes you who you are. So, um, yeah, that, that was probably one of the biggest things I've learned, you know, in my life, just getting through that, man, getting yeah. through it. So, And you're young too, which is which makes it even freaking harder, right? You're young and stupid. Um, so to be able to mature up and come out of a, you know, scenario where, um, you have to watch or walk away from the game you love and, um, change your life in general, right? You think you're going to be a professional athlete. You're going to think you're going to be some guy that's going to come out and play all this ball and go play in the NFL and do all this stuff to, um, being a guy with no job and, you know, just wants to party and has no money and in debt and, um, yeah, and then you got to figure that shit out pretty quick, or you're screwed. So, uh, yeah, I think that that that's just a growth piece for yourself personally. Where, you know, I came through that. I dealt with the adversity. Call it almost like battle tested. Um, go through some crap so that you know that uh, at the end of the day, if I go through it again, I know how to get out of it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to know too, just being in that locker room environment with a bunch of just alpha males type a dudes it's disgusting <laughs> yeah but but like but it, i'm interested to know because uh. because like if you want to kind of express yourself and and like show a more like emotional side right where it's not just so like alpha male right and it, it's kind of that it's like it's like the the masculine identity right is like tough Oh, strong yeah. doesn't show emotion yeah so have you kind of carried that same mindset up until now oh. <laughs> will, will i ever yeah, see no. you crying <laughs> i'm one of those guys man i don't even like at a funeral it takes me like i i can't i can't cry i don't know what it is you know um i think more more you hold it in than anything and it's probably what, what you said to just being an athlete you're you're used to like hey, i'm the alpha man alpha male i'm the tough guy i don't i don't show emotion and um, that's what I was known for. It's like, Hey, the guy doesn't cry. He doesn't show emotion. He's never upset. What the hell's wrong with him? But, um, that's what you're known as. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Iceman, uh, joking around is, you know, was a, a joke through work. It was just like, man, he never gets emotional. He's never upset, but he's never like, you know, and, um, I think it's helped me too on some, some circumstances because, um, emotion just leads to problems sometimes too. So being emotional, especially in business, makes you have bad decisions, make bad decisions and, um, act on emotion rather than acting on logic. So I think it's helped me out. And then on other ends it's probably hurt me too. You know? Yeah. I'm curious to know about those parts because I don't want to say, I don't want to say you're emotionally unavailable. No. I don't want to say that, but I do want to know how, how has, how has suppressing those emotions affected you in a more negative way? Yeah. Um, I think it even goes back to social media, right? And um, I was that guy four or five years ago that was like, I will not go on there. Um, that's stupid, right? I'm not posting anything. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, these are a bunch of people looking for attention. Um, what it really was is that I was 
too nervous to post something that someone wouldn't like because I was so mm. worried about what other people were thinking about me that um, I just wanted to keep my mouth shut, right? Instead of, and be that guy on the sidelines saying, no, don't do it. You know, that's, I'll never do that. That's a waste of time. You guys are, you know, wasting your time. And, um, you know, it's, it, it almost covered up or was me that it allows me to, or allowed me to cover up, right. Any insecurities, right. And any vulnerability that I had because I was so afraid to share it because I was so afraid that someone may think differently of me or not think of me as that alpha male or not think of me as that, that tough guy, that ice man that doesn't, you know, cry or show emotion or whatever it is. And, um, it didn't allow me to, you know, express myself to the world. And I think, uh, probably about a year or so ago, and this is recent too. Like I've been like this for years, you know, I was always, always this guy, I was this guy head down doing my thing. And, you know, over a year ago, you know, someone said to me, they're like, um, you need to start living your dream, right. And live your life. Don't live into someone else's dream. Do what you want to do, right. If people don't like you, people don't care for you. Just do, do what makes you happy. And, you know, I was like, what the hell? And I look back and I'm like, man, this doesn't like, I'm not posting on social media. I'm not doing this because I'm so worried about what everybody's thinking of me all the time yeah. that, you know, I'm not being myself and I'm not actually happy. Right. Yeah. I wasn't internally happy. I, from the outside, it's like, Hey, you're, he looks like he's happy, right? He's a great job, this, that house, career, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like not releasing what's inside of you. It's hold and holding back is I think the biggest thing that doesn't allow us to be happy as a person because we don't get to express ourselves either. And yeah. once I found that, and once I said, Man, I'm, I'm done, right? Like I'm stop living in fear. If you don't like me, you don't like me. Right. If you don't, you don't care for what I have to say, you don't have to care for what I say, but I just, you know, I want to be myself and I want to, to love my life. You know, you get one of them. So, yeah. Where do you think that, where do you think that fear of judgment stemmed from? Was it something like if you, have you ever tried to look back and kind of see, okay, maybe sixth, seventh grade, or just kind of identify moments throughout your upbringing where it kind of triggered where it got started i i was always that like shy guy who kept his mouth shut i wasn't like the loud one at the party i was always the guy that hey let me play kind of both sides of the field i'm not you know um gonna upset people i'm not gonna piss people off i'm not gonna be overly ecstatic but i'm like gonna be that guy that everybody just likes and agrees with which is great right but i wasn't expressing myself and i don't think there was an actual event that caused um me to probably be like that but overall it's probably all the athletics too and that you know me thinking of it just in this conversation is like shit you know it's all those years of being the best player on the field being that guy that you know was always number one on the team always your top this in the newspaper or whatever it was it's like how do you not be perfect right how do you not show perfection and then when you learn it's like no one's perfect there's there's no such thing as perfection um you get over it you know that's what i did it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty actually fucked up thinking about it because I think so, so many problems now, whether it's relationships or just kind of communication stems from the way that we're coached, the way that we're raised. And for example, you know, when you're, when you're growing up playing sports, you're told like, no, like don't cry. Like don't cry. Oh, you throw like a girl. And it's these constant things. It's not just other kids telling us this. It's our coaches programs. You programs your head. Exactly. And then same thing with girls. It's like, 
the the most common compliments are given is like, oh, you're so cute, you're so pretty. And it's like they're tying all of their self-worth into their looks rather than actually getting to know the real human. Um, and we, but, and we butter people up to, to make it seem like everything's perfect all the time rather than, you know, it's like the there's a book, everyone gets a medal, right? It's like, yeah. okay, so you're coming fifth place, you get a medal. You know, it's like, oh, you did a great job. Yeah. You know, that like ma- ma- mantra has, has, you know, hurt a lot of people too. So Yeah, for sure. It's funny because the show that aired today with my friend Shay, she talks about this, how so many of us, we go into relationships from a one to 10 spectrum as a seven. Yeah. Like we're trying, like you said, to get everyone to like us, to agree yeah. with us. We're not trying to be controversial, but you really build true friendships and meaningful relationships by going for oh, your for sure. 10, by being your true authentic self. Yeah. And of course you're going to rub people the wrong way. Like people are going to automatically think someone like you, someone like me, they're going to think like, Oh, they think they're so sick. Like they're cocky. All of these stigmas and generalizations, I deal with it too. I, yeah. I, I hear what people say and I don't dislike, I don't judge them for thinking those things because we all have these preconceived notions, but the more we can go in with just like a clean slate and an open mind and just like, get to know the person, yeah. you know, I think we're going to get closer to building more community yeah. and more. Re- and, I mean, the, the real is why, why do you want, why would you want a relationship, especially if it's like, you know, uh, intimate relationship, emotional relationship with someone that you're not being yourself. Yeah. So you're, you're faking a lie for, I've know, been there, man. <laughs> if we all, we all have, right. Yeah. Changing the way that you are, change the way that you dress, change the way that you look, all that kind of shit, you know, it's, you know, that's not, it's not the way to live your life. So, yeah. When, when have you seen that manifest in an intimate setting? Not like the actual intimacy, but like with a partner or something. Um, have you found yourself being able to open up and being more vulnerable, more emotionally available? Yeah. Lately? I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm even that, I'm probably that person that tries to do too much for someone rather than like, being that one who doesn't care. So, you know, I go from zero to a hundred when it comes from like emotion, uh, an emotional sense. So it's either I'm all in or all out. And that's kind of how I lived my life. But, um, you know, I used to be that one who was all in, but I would change things or, you know, I mean, shit even goes back to when I was young, right? It's like you change your, change the way that you dress to try to get people like you to think you're cool, right? Change the way you do your hair, change the color of your hair, change this. I've been there, right? It's like, wear this type of clothes, wear this, listen to this type of music, drive this type of car. Like, dude, I've, I've, I'll I'll give you even a crazier fact, right? And this is probably goes back to, you know, my like quick turns of, and this is stupidity. So never do this, by the way. I've owned 13 cars in my life because I just changed shit so much mentally that I'm like, nope, one day I just want something else, you know? And that's 13? probably been a lot of my life, right? And that's probably even been like an outlet for me of like, I need to change. I need to switch myself. I need to change mm-hmm. this, right? I'm not happy with who I am. I'm not happy in where, I'm, where I've been. So, you know, I need to change in my life. Let me go change this. Let me go change that. And that's what always I do. Like change the way that you dress, change the, your hair, your clothes, you know, all this kind of stuff because I'm looking for... Um, you know, I'm looking for, looking for something, right. I'm looking for some sort of release or response. And, um, that's just, my whole life's been like that. Right. And, uh, recently, I mean, since last year or so that, you know, I changed my mentality and my attitude and, you know, not caring what people think and just being myself, this is the happiest I've ever been. Right. You know, so. 
Yeah, dude. It's funny because we first met like a month ago, not yeah. even maybe. And you always, at least I do, I'm always, I've always like tried to, trying to understand like how this person is based off their social. And most of your videos are all like workouts. Yeah. So I was like, I really have no, no idea clue. anything yeah. about this dude, but he seems like a homie yeah. <laughs> and you are for sure. Um, yeah, dude. So that, that's been, and I'm that, trying to do, I'm trying to open up through that too more and actually speaking my mind as well, you know, and stories and that. And, um, cause I was super cold, right? I was like, man, this kick-ass workout, kick-ass workout, kick-ass yeah, workout. Yeah. Let's not be myself. And I've gotten over that. Like I'll, talking to the camera whatever i say you know yeah bro i think i think it's extremely extremely important for people like you people like myself um to really be a positive voice yeah right not just not just not just speaking like all this positive mumbo jumbo because there's so much of that out there but speaking shit that's really authentic that people can actually get value from yeah. and relate to because that's really that's really how you build connections and community is through those through those conversations and building trust so you're doing a great job of that i can't wait to watch you continue yeah. evolving thanks bro you know yeah. so um what do you want to talk about dude what, what talk about you man <laughs> this is just that, that this is so so it's funny because i always come and i'm like all right, these are points I want to hit on during the interview. But naturally, bro, things just like manifest and they yeah. flow the way they're supposed to flow. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, no. so I guess I guess for me because I really do like to offer everyone listening like really valuable takeaways that in actionable steps. I think that's the most important thing is you can listen to so many podcasts, read so many books, but if you're not taking action on those things, right? And that knowledge is just sitting there. Knowledge is not power. This is one of the biggest misconceptions. Knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. Yeah. If you just let that knowledge sit somewhere on the chalkboard in your notepad and don't actually implement these things and take action, then you're just wasting yeah. your time. So what I want to do is actually give these people actionable steps they can take that maybe you've applied to yourself in the last year you've said like what are some maybe mental exercises or mindset exercises or writing exercises that you do when you find yourself maybe anxious overwhelmed yeah so i i'll give you uh you know i have actually i have it on the back of my phone i don't my phone's over there but i have a quote so i quote whatever i want in my life whether it's on the back of my phone because i look at it all the time right on my computer screen I put either numbers or whatever it is that my goals are, right? I, I want to stare at them all day long, right? I put it on the refrigerator or whatever, right? Just so I see them. But um, there's a quote on the back of my, on my phone as soon as you open it up and it's everything is, everything you want is on the other side of fear. So I think that that is my last year is that I was scared to go over the hump of saying who I really am, who I'm really, who I really want to be, what do I really want? Um, where do I want to go? Right. Am I in a dead end job that I'm not, you know, not progressing and not growing because I'm comfortable, right? Because of the fear of going over it and not changing my life. And, and that fear, as soon as you cross that line, as soon as you cross the, Hey, I, I don't know if I can do this and you just freaking do it. 
right? Hey, I don't, I don't know if that's possible and you just try, you'd be surprised at what can actually happen because I've grown more since in this last year than I have ever had in my entire life mm. because I walked away from being scared and just saying, screw it. I'm going to do it. Right. I took a big jump. Um, when it comes from a business standpoint, a big change, the social media, I invested myself a hundred percent because I removed that, that line of fear. And I just said, Hey, right. If I want it, I'm going to do it. And if I fail, I'm going to figure out a way to, to get it done. Right. And I'm not that guy who walks away and quits. And that's my, my one takeaway is for, for everybody is, Hey, whatever you're scared of, if you want something, you got you got to go out and take it. Right. No one's going to hand it to you. You're not going to sit around and just wait for it. Cause it's not going to happen. You have to, you have to figure out what your passion is and you just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And don't be scared to fail. So, yeah. And I think that's a powerful, that's a powerful message. And we oftentimes, uh, an, an exercise, right? An yeah. exercise that we could do from what you just said is write down, unless you're driving, write down <laughs> something, write down, write down something that you really want. It could be, it could be a relationship. It could be a job. Yeah. It could be a, a country you want to travel to. And start developing steps to get there there. and then also also play out the worst case scenario like what's the worst thing that'll happen if you fail at that thing you'd be surprised most of the time it's not that bad exactly (laughs) another another exercise that i just did this week it's from this book i'm reading and you literally make a roadmap of your life like you so all the important points that you remember so like your birth right your birth for me, it was like my bar mitzvah. Um, it was like graduating high school, graduating college, my first job. And then, and then you start to remember different moments that were really challenging, yeah. like obstacles that we overcame. Like for me, I was going through it and I was like, hmm, July 2014, <laughs> I got fired from my dream job and I found out my girl at the time was cheating on me. And I was like, oh shit, like, that's a, that's a pretty rough week. Yeah. And rather than, rather than just sit in my sorrows, right? Taking accountability. Okay. Like what could I have done differently in those situations and how can I get past that moving forward? I think is huge. Um, so you look at the most successful people in any industry and they're fucking constantly failing, constantly oh, sure. failing. I mean, the, the owner of I think it was Santiago actually who told me this. The founder of KFC, like started KFC no, like in sixty like, something years old. Wasn't he older? Well, it was Ray Ray Kroc. Ray that Kroc was McDonald's. with McDonald's. No, yeah. I know he was the same thing. Ray was like sixty years old. Yeah, so he was selling milkshake blenders. All it takes is one success, bro. Like <laughs> it's, I know, but it's that it's that step of saying or getting getting yourself out of the uncomfortable zone or the comfortable zone and making yourself feel uncomfortable. It's like the David Goggins, right? He's yeah. like, Hey, but do, do something, make myself feel uncomfortable every single day because it's changed his life. Right. I'm not saying I'm David Goggins or go be like that. Right. But, um, it's just that sense of getting yourself out of your comfort zone is when you grow the most. Um, and getting over that fear of being out of your comfort zone is what changes your life. And that's, what's changed my life. Right. And that's my words to anyone who's listening is like, if you're scared to to do something or make a jump or make a career move or go after something you want, um, and you're scared to do it, it's okay to be scared to do it. But you just you must you gotta have the balls to jump over and just just get it done, right? If that's your passion, you gotta go for it. You don't want to live the rest of your life thinking about, hey, if I would have done that, 
what would have happened rather than, Hey, I tried, I did everything I could and it didn't happen. You'd much rather have that response than saying, I wish I would have my whole life. So yeah, dude, fuck yeah. regret. Yeah, no. Fuck regret, bro. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck regret. Yeah. We all have a million of them, but yeah, you know, but like, th- but it's just such a, it's such a terrible feeling because it has yeah. you living in the past and it just steals away from everything that you're currently creating. Oh, sure. And for, for those people looking, they're listening to Jason right now and they're like, easy for you to say tough guy, like yeah. 412 from the Berg, D1 <laughs> athlete, all this stuff. Guys, start small. Do something yeah. right now. Do something today. Brush your teeth with the opposite hand. Take a yeah. different route to work. To have a conversation with someone you haven't had a conversation with. Do something that is out of your norm. And then just like building muscle when you're training, you're going to start building that mental muscle, that resilience. And that's what's going to catapult you and build momentum going forward. Yeah. They always get that. It's not that bad. Right. You get through it and you're like, man, that wasn't that bad. It's like, you, you know, you went on a, you were scared to death to, you're in an amusement park. You're scared to death to go on that roller coaster. Man, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. All of a sudden you go take your ride and you get off. You're like, man, that was awesome. That wasn't that bad. Well, I think the same thing goes for life, right? It's like, yeah. get on the roller coaster, go through it. And when you come out the other end, you're going to walk in and say, I want a bigger one, right? I want the next step. What's next? And, um, but get over that, that line of fear. So, Hell yeah, bro. Yeah. Um, we still got to get you in the ice bath, by the way. I know, I know, I know you I did know. a couple, but you got to do the real one. The I need real, to do your ice barrel. <laughs> dude, we got to make that shit happen. I love um, it. I love it. Yeah, bro. I want to know, you know, I want to know right now, what, what are you most excited about? Like in your life, in the world, what, what's, what keeps you going? What are you really pumped up about? Um, just living today, man. Be honest i don't i don't live in the past anymore i don't live in tomorrow i live in hey every single day i'm gonna make it make it the best that it possibly can be and whatever i could put into that day and um that's that's me right i i give myself a goal is i want to learn learn at least one new thing every day i'm gonna get better every single day um as i go and um that's just been me i'm not looking for um i have long-term goals obviously um but you know, you can't get to, to a long-term 5, 10, 15, 20 life, lifeline goal if you don't win every single day. So, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I think that's that consistency yeah. with everything. everything. Dude, consistency like, is the key to success, man. Um, and whatever you do, whether it's health, health, fitness, business, um, it's always consistent, right? Those who are consistent and driven are the ones who are, are going to continue to to get to where they want to be and uh, progress and get better. So what's one or two actionable steps people can take who are listening, you know, maybe they're a, they're, they're a mom who's working full time and they have three kids and they have all these responsibilities, right? Because time is always going to be people's biggest restraint, their biggest excuse for not prioritizing their health and wellness. What is one or two simple things that they can do starting right now to take ownership of their health. Do it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, you know, they say there's just only an hour is 5% of your day. Um, one workout at one hour a day is not going to kill you. I think the number one reason, the number one reason why people don't get to their fitness goals is procrastination. Number one. So them not doing it now is because they're making every excuse in the world at why they can't do it. Right. Just get up and move. If it's, you got to get up an hour earlier to get it done. Cause you can't take your kids. You have to take your kids somewhere at 5am then get up at 4am and do it. If they go to sleep at 11 o'clock at night, do it at 11 o'clock at night, right? Find your hour, but that hour is going to change your life. 
And that's what I always say when it comes back to fitness is that people don't understand the power that you get behind training, working out, just moving in general. And that doesn't mean like, hey, I don't have time to go to a gym, so I'm not going to work out. Hey, if you have a mat space in your house, you can work out, right? You can get a good training session. You can get a mobility session. You can make yourself feel better and you don't even need an hour, right? You can do it in 15 minutes. Just move, man. It's, it's changed people's lives. So, um, don't make excuses. Find, find the time. There's always time in the day. Um, and, and just find a way to move every single day. So love that, bro. Yeah, Yeah. I think, that's huge that you touched on that because one hour out of 24 is 4%. Yeah. It's like 4.5. We, we won't, we'll we round won't get it up technical. Five. <laughs> but yeah, one, one hour is only 4% of yeah. your day. So even if you get that hour in and you're sitting on your ass and being sedentary for the other 23, your body is going to suffer. So I think what you said, piggybacking off of that, getting in... 10, 15 minutes of movement throughout the day. Maybe it's just one of your phone calls. Maybe you go outside yeah. and you go for a walk. Just just, just stand. I mean, you, you do your old stand sitting podcast, but stand, right? If you're, hey, if you're going to the grocery store, don't park in the front. Don't be that guy who drives around for 25 minutes to find a parking spot. Go park in the back. What's it take you? Five minutes to walk? Like, yeah. okay, but that's five minutes. Five minutes each way, that's 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes of movement. Standing up, same thing, right? Just like if you add, it adds up all day long in addition to that movement, that, that is what health helps you create a healthy lifestyle too. You know? So, yeah, dude. Um, so you're most excited about now the present, the present moment, this, this show, man, this movement. And I feel like, I feel like you're one of the dudes leading the movement in Miami and just in general, bro, like leading by example, which is amazing. And I want to acknowledge you. I want to, I want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing now, everything you're creating. I'm super grateful for connecting with you, building this friendship, building this relationship and making an impact together. You know what I'm saying? Making an impact together. So I just want to encourage you to continue, continue doing your thing on a day-to-day basis because we're all watching. Um, and I want to give you the opportunity to let all of these beautiful people engage with you, follow you, um, and roll in your vision. So where can yeah. they find you? Cool. So yeah, I'm on, uh, and thank you for all the, the, the kind words, man. You do the same, bro. You, you motivate me as well. So um, it, I got to get some of your, you know, the personality on my page. That's my next goals. But um, like you do, it's do a great job. But Myself, I'm, you know, FigsFit on Instagram. You can find me and I'm on LinkedIn website. It's FigsFit.com. Um, I just launched, I have a, an ebook out on FigsFit.com. It's on the beginner guide to kettlebells. So that's a great one to pick up. Um, and next month I am launching. So I've gotten a lot of questions on um, where am I, how am I training? What am I eating? What am I doing? So I'm launching my program and what I do. Um, it's a 30 day workout plan that I trained, I went through, um, that I do on a day-to-day basis. So I want to give that, get that out to everybody. So that thing's going to launch in September. You'll find it at fixfit.com. Um, but it's a great program. It's not, to be honest with you, it's not the easiest training. So if you want to push yourself, you want a little bit of an ass kicking, that's definitely the workout you're going to want to grab. It's not for those probably enthusiasts who have never trained in their life before. So, um, but yeah, man, so you can find me on, on, uh, 
most of my stuff is, is posted on Instagram. So fuck. Yeah, dude, we're going to plug all of Jason's links in the show notes. Okay. And guys, remember to engage, keep the conversation going with Jason and I tag us in your stories on Instagram and let us know your biggest takeaway from today's show. Sure. And, and dude, I totally forgot. I totally forgot <laughs> oh this. God. I'm kind oh of, God. I'm kind of upset <laughs> at myself because I have a rapid fire section and this is how I like to end right. each Let's interview. All right. You don't, don't overthink things. Just first oh, thing that shit. comes to your mind. All right. Favorite emoji. Uh, the Mahalo. The hang loose. The hang loose. Yeah, yeah you love those. Um, <laughs> biggest pet peeve. Um, being fucking late. Oh, I'm, okay. Yeah, and I was late here. I'm the freaking worst. <laughs> all right, all right. Biggest pet peeve: punctuality, punctuality. tardiness. Yeah, that's tough if you're in Miami. Waiting bro. for people. Oh my god, it kills me. Yeah, fuck that. Um, quote or mantra that you live by? Um, <laughs> living the dream, man. Living the dream. Book or movie that has impacted you the most? Oh, jeez. Um, there was a one of the first books I read in business was QBQ. It was the question behind the question. Mm. It was about self self accountability. Oh wow! So do you know read the author? That one. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But if you have a problem and you blame everything everyone else for something, read the book. It's a short read. It takes like an hour to go through it. But you walk out of there and you're like, man, I'm not I'm not making any excuses for shit anymore. Take self accountability. Love that. I love that. I think we all could use a little bit more of that. And Lastly, bro, what are you most grateful for? It's cliche life, man. It's being here. Um, Hell yeah. Family, health, everything I have. Grateful for everything. So, Awesome, brother. Dude, this was fucking fun, man. Yeah, man. So, dude, dude, this dude. is like... This Thank is, you. Thank th you. Yeah. Dude, I just love being able to like bring in a homie and we just <laughs> chop it just up for bullshit. an hour. It's like, yo, bro. <laughs> Like, how was your day? Oh, yeah. cool. Oh, shit. There's mics and three cameras here. Cool. Dope. That was a good time, yeah. But guys, for real, for real, for real, I want to express my appreciation, my gratitude for you taking the time to listen all the way to the end of this show. We are here on a mission to provide you, empower you to start sharing your gifts and your story with the world. Don't forget... Hit Jason, hit Jason up, hit myself up. Let's keep this conversation going and cultivating this incredible conscious community. Much love, everybody. Awesome. Peace. Dude.